Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. People's lives follow many different paths, with twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to a mistake that they just can't take back. When they are facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Here, I share stories from women who have been unfaithful. It is always anonymous and without judgment. Today, our new story will be about Jen. I am a Florida native that grew up in a wonderful family with two older brothers and one younger. I grew up in the country, riding horses and being a country kid. I always had dreams of living in New York City when I was young. I got married at 18. I was pregnant and it was the right thing to do. He was a cop and we had a very nice life for a few years. We had our second son two and a half years later and just started living the married with children life. We were married for 30 years. I wanted to leave after about 12 years, but I didn't want to be a single mom of two daughters. So I just focused on the kids, worked and made the best life I could. My husband was very into being a cop. It was his entire identity. And after many years together, I realized that I never have the intimate supportive relationship I always wanted. Toward the end of the marriage, he had a nervous breakdown and that was the catalyst to begin my exit strategy. This was in 2014. I met my future and first affair partner at a work event with my husband. He was hired by a sports association and they had a huge event in New York in 2010. I had never been to New York City, so I went and that's where I met my future affair partner. He and my husband had become friends a year or so earlier through this job, and this was my first time meeting him. We were at a party, and I was at the bar, alone. My husband was socializing with the guys. This incredibly handsome man came up to me and asked why I was at the bar alone. We chatted for only 10 minutes, but oh my God, I was in love. My husband came over to us and was so happy that we had met. This was the friend he kept telling me about. We left the party and I never saw his friend again. Let's call him Rob. Fast forward to 2016. 
I was walking in the park with my bestie and she said she was running the New York City Marathon and asked if I would come along and cheer her on. She of course knew all about my marriage issues and I mentioned this guy Rob and wondered if he would remember me and should I reach out or not. We agreed yes, I should reach out. So I flew up there and I was getting off the plane and I texted him. I bet you don't remember me, but I am so-and-so's wife. I was still married. And that I'm in the city for a marathon and would love to see you if you're around. I was shocked when he responded, yes, certainly he remembered me and he would love to meet. We made plans for that Monday night at the lobby in the Mandarin Oriental Hotel for drinks. We met and he was even more gorgeous in person. We had drinks went to a few other places, and then he invited me to spend the night with him. I said, yes, why not? I honestly thought it would be a one-time thing. I had feelings immediately. We started dating shortly thereafter. This was November of 2016. I moved out of my house December 31st of 2016 and proceeded with my divorce. The divorce was final in March of 2017. Rob was not the reason, but certainly was an incentive. We started dating in December of 2016, me flying to New York once or twice a month. In the meantime, I met another guy in my area and we hit it off. He was equally gorgeous and we had a great connection. The beauty of this guy was he wasn't looking for a relationship, just someone to have fun with. I was okay with that. I was still seeing Rob in New York and this guy in Florida. There was no commitment or request from either guy. In July, I was in the Keys for business and I met a really nice guy at the airport. We had a nice day and continued to chat via phone. He came to my city on business and we had lunch, made out in his truck, and then met up a few weeks later and had sex in my condo. It was nice. Once again, I wasn't officially committed to Rob. He never asked me to be his girlfriend. I continued to text and chat with the second guy, but we never physically connected again. He was aware I was seeing someone. He was too. In late July, Rob and I were going on our first trip together and the weekend before we left, he came to Florida and that's when he said he was in love with me. I stopped seeing the first guy. We'll call him Steve. It wasn't a big deal. It was really just friends with benefits. Fast forward a year. I decided to relocate to be closer to Rob and I moved to New York. During those months, I did keep a texting relationship with Steve and the Keys guy, Alex. Rob was a very suspicious kind of guy. He was also a cop and he began to doubt me. He thought I was cheating on him with my trainer and finally used his sources in his department to illegally break into my phone and copy all of my messages. And then he held on to this info for another eight months until one night it just exploded. 
I told him that I did date these guys in the beginning and that, yes, I still chatted with them. It was an ugly night and I probably should have left, but I loved this guy and wanted to make it work. He said he could forgive me and that he wanted to work this out. A year after this incident, we had done a pretty good job of moving on, not that there weren't bad days. His drinking was a problem, and it was getting worse, but I kept wanting things to be better. He had one stipulation, and that was that we were to have a threesome. He wanted us to do something together that I hadn't done with anyone else. Okay, I got on a website and found us a partner and had it planned for October of 2020. Two days before our date, I got my period. I was so upset. He was traveling and when he landed, we were to meet our unicorn. I had already canceled with her and we were planning to reschedule. I told him and he was very upset. He didn't believe me. It was the beginning of the end. We struggled through another few months, two more vacations, but in February of 2021, we decided to move to Texas part-time and take a break from the New York life. The plan was for me to live there full-time and he would commute back and forth to New York. Our last time together was in August of 2021. We hosted a party and had a fabulous weekend. And two days later, we were both headed to the airport, me to Texas and he to New Orleans. We had a great day, kissed goodbye, everything seemed fine. The next morning, I got a text saying he was done. We are over and that I betrayed him at the party by telling someone that we were a couple. He had asked me to pretend to be his assistant, but everyone there knew we were dating. But that's a whole other long story. I was shocked to say the least. I responded, but I could tell it was done, over. I decided it was time to just walk away. I deserved better. I asked that he send me my clothes from the New York house. He did. At this point, it's now December 28th, and I haven't heard one word from him. Nor do I expect to. Rob wanting me to be his assistant was such an ego trip that ultimately backfired on him. I did send him an email explaining why I kept in touch with those men. Honestly, I never felt 100% secure with him. I was always holding my breath, waiting for him to end things. I never fully trusted him, so I kept those guys as a backup. Plus, even though we hadn't seen each other in two years, they always checked in on me. They wanted to know that I was okay and happy. He never did that, not even in the beginning. I saw all the red flags that I ignored and realized I should have never gotten into a serious relationship so soon after my divorce. I should have been honest with him about me dating other guys in the beginning, but I was so infatuated with him. I didn't want to take the chance of losing him. I was very insecure coming out of a 30-year marriage, and I thought I might not be that viable to dating exceptional men. Today, 
I am so happy, healthy, and back to my real self. I had to hide a lot of myself to fit into his world. I will never make that mistake again. I'm living in a new city, dating some amazing men, and I've never given him another thought. I hope to learn from my mistakes and take things slow next time I fall for someone. I will be open and more forthcoming and not afraid to be rejected. Growth is a beautiful thing. I am in the best place I could ever be. I'm finally exploring all the things I never knew about myself sexually, emotionally, physically. It's all a beautiful journey. I'm grateful for every mistake I've made. It brought me to where I am today. I never officially knew if my ex-husband knew I dated Rob. I have to believe he knew at some point. To my knowledge, they are not friends. I do know about four months after we started dating, my ex supposedly sent a Facebook request to Rob, but he did not accept it. My children? They knew the connection between them, but I don't think they ever confirmed it to him. I do talk regularly with both Steve and the Keys guy. I live close to both of them. The Keys guy would like to have a relationship, but I'm not into him like that. Steve, he lives in Indianapolis and Florida and seems to be very happy, single. I'm currently living back in southwest Florida and have met someone and hopefully it works out. I hope if you take one thing away from my story, it is to be honest with yourself. Know yourself and don't fear rejection. We are the ones in control and never give that up. We are warriors. We cannot be destroyed or diminished unless we allow it. This podcast is powerful and inspiring. We all have a story to tell. Tell yours and be proud of it. Quote, well-behaved women rarely make history, end quote. Eleanor Roosevelt. Jen, thank you so much for submitting this story. Uh, you know, the part that I highlighted the most was the part about him wanting to not admit that he was in a relationship with anybody, you, whoever. And to me, that is definitely a red flag. And I'll be honest, I shared this with you, Jen, but I'll share it with the rest of my listeners that back when I first started meeting, or excuse me, dating, meeting, dating, my uh, husband that passed away in 2020, um, there were a lot of secrets. Well, I found out as right before he died, um, and after he died, um, he had been not 100% honest with me, nothing detrimental, like I may have mentioned before, but there was a situation where we were at a pizza place and we were sitting next to each other and we were actually waiting on other people to join us. And a guy who he worked with, whose daughter I think was his nanny at some point, had come in and he told me, sit over there, sit over there across from me. And then, you know, it's like, what's going on? Are you ashamed? I mean, am I embarrassing to you? And it really had me puzzled asking questions. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, come to find out he was still legally married. He hadn't told me he had told me he was divorced. And so, 
even though they were living separate, he still had the right to move on with his life. But it was like he didn't want gossip. I don't know. But it does do a number on a person's self-esteem when that happens. So I can relate to you in that story. And that would have hurt. It, it sounds to me, you know, yeah, you admit maybe you got into this relationship a little too quick when you really should have sowed your oats a little bit. And I understand I've been there. I did that too. And you're definitely not alone. I do commend you for coming out of this so much healthier, so much happier and learning from this and what to do and what not to do. And what honesty does, you know, at the beginning of the relationship, people need to be honest and transparent. Because later when things are found out, it's a lot harder to recover from. And no, we never want to get rejected, but it's always a good a good thing to practice to being upfront and honest when you first start dating. And I can see now that you realize that and, and you're you're saying, hey, everybody, don't be afraid of it. Do what you need to do for you. If they have a problem with it, that's on them. But honesty is definitely the best policy, I think. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I appreciate it. And I wish you well. Take care and keep in touch. Before I end today's episode, just a couple of little things here. Uh, I'm still looking for more lady stories. I am running really low, which is a first. I've always had enough stories for a couple of months ahead of time. And I just got a new one. So as of right now, I don't have any new stories for November. And that isn't very far away. And so it's making me nervous. And you know, it's a balancing act for me to find men who are willing to share their stories about why they were, or excuse me, what they went through when their wives were unfaithful. And men aren't usually now, of course, I'm just saying, usually, a lot of them aren't the type to sit down and write. Men, there are men that do, but a lot of the ones that I run into here have a hard time with that. And so I kind of work through it with them. They send me their stories through Facebook Messenger, and I will transcribe it, and then get it on paper, edit it through and reach back out with questions. Um, or I'll ask them questions one by one and have them just really explain every situation. And then I put it together for the story. And it takes a lot of extra time, but it's worth it. Again, my goal is female infidelity, women who want to share their stories, and men who share their stories of what they went through when their women cheated. So it's the same concept, but different vantage points. So if you have been considering sending in your story, now is a good time. Um, I would welcome it. And even if you're struggling to sit down and write because it's too hard, contact me through Messenger or if you can record on your phone and email it over to me. That is absolutely fine. I will do that. I would prefer you to look at the story guide when you're doing that just so that I can have a good timeline. So when it comes to transcribing and editing, it'll be easier for me. So that is an option as well. So keep that in mind if that makes it easier. If you've been thinking, yeah, I want to tell my story, but I never have time to sit down. It's easier for me to talk about it. Well, I don't take calls from people to take their story down. I need for them to just send it and then 
I'll take it from there and be in touch. So keep that in mind. Um, email, Facebook Messenger. On the episode notes, you have a link directly to my Facebook and also my email, uh, which is rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. And let's see if there's anything else. I think that was it. Oh, one more thing. So on the last episode, I mentioned somebody saying that I talked too much and I always take my reviews to heart. You know, I always want to improve. I know I can't please everybody, but anytime I have a review, even if it hurts and I talk about it on here, I still always consider what it is that they said. And I want to improve. I mean, we always need to improve and grow. So one thing when that I just wanted to mention, if this person is still listening, um, reasons why I do talking. One is I have experienced this female infidelity. It's a it's a personal situation and I can connect with my listeners and women who have gone through this or even the men who are listening who have been uh, affected by female infidelity. I'm a human with emotions and this whole podcast and even now going on to the infidelity recovery uh, specialty coaching it's a passion. It is a true personal journey for myself and for others. And I don't want people who are listening to consider this more of a robotic type of a podcast. We are business. You know, I mean, this isn't the news. It's not Dateline. It's not anything like that. Um, you know, I'm not reporting things. I am genuinely wanting to connect my personal journey with yours. And I feel if I just did it cut and dry, that I would lose a lot of the connection that I've made with my listeners. So that is why I chit chat, um, or talk, as you said. And I, again, I totally understand and respect and I'm working on maybe switching things around. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, you guys have a great day. And thank you so much for being here. We'll be back next week with a new Ponder episode about a man who shares his story about being a male escort. That is going to be very interesting. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. I told her that if she has another dude to let me know so I won't look like a goofy idiot to our friends and family, and that if she has sex with another guy, our relationship would be over and she'd lose me forever. After a month of ignoring me, she began to answer my texts and we got closer. We began to grow and become stronger again. A couple of years later, information about the Facebook group began to get back to me via her co-worker's husband, who was also in the group. He sent me screenshots of her posting about wanting to suck other guys' dicks, as well as posts about wanting to be gangbanged by guys in the group and by guys that she knew outside of the group. I confronted her with the screenshots. I also lied to her and told her that I had obtained the text messages between her and R.A. and that I knew everything that they talked about. I told her she needed to tell me the truth and I needed to hear it from her mouth. 
to hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.